Welcome back to Burn the Haystack with Josh and Jesse. I'm Jesse. And I'm Josh. And this is a show all about saving the best and burning the rest. Absolutely. And today we're back with another episode after our 100 episode celebration last week, which was just magnificent. <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, we are here today. We're going to be talking about, uh, well, okay, straight up, we're going to be talking a bit more about COVID-19. Um, we were kind of off and on about whether we should do another episode, but there's been a pretty major development here in New Zealand, and so we feel the need to just talk about it because um, yeah. it's kind of what's on our mind. Next week, we'll probably be back to more re- like other content, but uh, I guess today is tackling the latest developments here in New Zealand and what that means for us and we'll, things we're wrestling with in our heads and how it's changed mm. our jobs and all that kind of thing. Yeah, we are definitely living in a weird time right now. Like, I'll be honest, when when we recorded our episode two weeks ago, I just thought, oh yeah, this is something that's happening right now. We'll talk about it while it's relevant, and then it's not going to be relevant anymore because that's just how news generally works. But unlike yep. most news things, news stories, um, this has persisted and it's actually intensified in many different ways. So... Yeah, uh, what kind of began as a reluctant sort of, oh, yeah, we'll just cover this while it's happening has turned into, uh, uh, I guess this is how life is going to be for a little while for us now. So, yeah, we're in a weird spot right now, especially here in New Zealand. But, yeah, we're going to talk about that today. It's going to be interesting. Yeah, so before we get into that content, we'll do the main content first, which, of course, is the question of the week. This is going to be the one bright spot in this entire episode. <laughs> I know. Oh, anyway, okay. You have just stumbled into a cave and in the cave, there is like a guru with a long beard and a huge sitar and a flute that oh, what, he's also playing what? at the same time somehow. What, okay. What's a sitar? A sitar. What's a sitar? You don't know. It's like those um, Indian guitars, and they're oh. like huge. And okay. you should Google them. Honestly, there's so many interesting facts about sitar that this whole episode would become a sitar <laughs> episode if I begin to describe and explain what a sitar is. I've never even heard of a sitar. I probably heard a sitar, like in music. You have. Okay. Yeah, if you've heard any Indian music, 99 percent of the time there's a sitar in there. So, okay. Okay. anyway, they're amazing. You should look them up. They're so interesting. And maybe next week we'll recoup and be like, hey Jesse, what did you learn about sitars? <laughs> Um, okay yeah anyway so anyway and he tells you i will now give you the gift to be able to master any instrument in the world but only one instrument what will it be and he begins to blow smoke on you and when that you inhale that smoke i don't know why i had to set this whole narrative up to explain uh but yes and as you breathe in that smoke you master an instrument but you have to think of the instrument right there you only get one okay so you're inhaling the smoke what's the instrument it's violin it's got to be violin but you already play violin yeah but i don't really play violin anymore like i haven't played violin for so long and i kind of hate the fact that i used to be okay at violin like i got up to like grade five but then i stopped playing and i've lost most of my my skill because violin is such it's like guitar it's a um uh whatchamacallit uh, it's it's it really technically difficult with you know your finger movements and everything like that except unlike oh no not unlike guitar it's a lot more delicate i suppose and it's really difficult to get real mastery like when i was a kid I was not amazing at violin, but I had friends who were amazing at violin and they would literally practice three, four, five hours a day to get through, you know, grade up to grade eight, I think is the highest grade. Then you go to Amos after that. Um, Mm. Yeah, no, it's no joke. And I kind of wish that I still had it because like I'm married to somebody who is an excellent pianist 
and you would think that like a piano violin combo like that's a killer combo for for musician like a musician couple but yeah my skills just not up there with hers so it'd be cool if i could <laughs> i guess be higher i don't know <laughs> well, if i have complete mastery i would be like you know a virtuoso or something like that so anyway it would be violin i love violin and i hate that i am not good at violin anymore yeah that makes sense um violin's pretty cool my my second choice in this probably would have been cello very similar Ooh, i like that yeah yeah no. they're very beautiful instruments but yes my number one i don't know it's 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 piano i would just i've always looked at piano and thought man you know like i wish i could just play like you know you, sit, you just see people and they just sit down and just play some like real nice jazz piano or something right and if i had to be specific i would even say jazz as a genre i would just wish i could just sit down and play jazz piano but just so nice you know mm. just such a beautiful instrument why why didn't you um say guitar it's, I don't. It, guitar and me have had a complicated in, like history. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right. Step into my office, Josh. What's what's bothering you? Well, tell me, tell well, me what's wrong with guitar. <laughs> I didn't used to like guitars because I thought they were too mainstream. That's uh, why I was a drummer. They are very mainstream. And then I was a bassist. Yeah. Yeah. But um, I don't know. For me, like I like guitar, but I've never had the desire to just be able to master it. You know, and I feel okay. like I can already like I already only ever wanted guitar so that I could like sing along with it, yeah, like use yeah. it as an accompaniment. But like piano, mm. I feel like is that one instrument that can just do everything at once. You know? Yeah, I guess that's true. I guess in some ways, most of the guitar that we consume as like music consumers is just a filler, like to hold a melody or or whatever. Like, if you were to master a guitar, like, I would think somebody like, um, like, maybe classical guitar, perhaps, or even like, I don't know, Dragon Force, or, um, you know, stuff like that. Who's the guy that does Ocean? Uh, Paul Butler? John Butler. John Butler. Yeah, Yeah. like like that. Those are all very different styles of guitar. Like, each their own mastery. Very specific. Yeah. You know, so I don't know. It's it's kind of that thing where, like, I don't know. I do like guitar, but it's just never been something I've wanted to master. I don't know. But then if I could master all the styles, that would be pretty incredible. Oh, yeah, it would be. But yeah, for you, but I, is guitar more of a, a vessel to carry, like, if it's worship or if it's a pop song? Like, is that yeah. is that how you feel about guitar? Yeah. I mean, I like electric guitar and lead guitar, but I don't feel like it's complicated enough that if I had one opportunity to eternally master it, I would need to take it. Whereas like piano for me has always seemed like way too far out of my reach. Okay. Yeah. I don't know why that is. Maybe if I put more time into it, but yeah. Piano is a prestige Maybe it's because I already play play guitar and I feel like, oh yeah, I like it and I'm traveling along fine at my own pace. Yeah, but if I could just instantly have piano without working for it, oh, that'd yeah. be cool. Well, I mean, because then yeah. if I instantly had guitar, then I'd have nothing to work on anymore. Yeah, well, I mean, if you if you look at an orchestra, you're not going to get two pianos. There's one pianist, and so to be a world class pianist, that's like incredibly prestigious. But as if you were to ask Karina about this, she would be like, never become an orchestra pianist because it's way too much pressure and people absolutely become total jerks if they are a concert pianist. You know what yeah, I mean? I would never <laughs> want to play that. Like, I would never want to be in an orchestra. I'd just want it for... <laughs> just for you. Just for yeah, you. honestly. <laughs> it's my own personal joy. Or like, you know, you know, like you go through a shopping center and there's a piano that's just sure. like, play me. I'd be like, I think I will. And just sit down, and everyone's like, "Wow, look at that guy!" Like, there's never a guitar sitting there, and it's like, "Play me!" And then someone sits down and starts playing Wonderwall, and everyone's like, "Wow!" Everyone's like, "Oh Lord, make it stop, please, have mercy!" You know, I feel that's- like I feel like what you're describing is like every 14 year old um, white boy who just wants to impress the girls around him with just being able to sit down at a piano and just play it. Because that was me. That was definitely me when I was that age. Why is that white boy? Why can't that oh, be anybody? I no, feel like any anybody. boy would want to just impress all the girls. With- okay, sure. Let's go any boy. Let's go even more generic than the example that I originally used. Any boy. Like, I remember... I just- okay, yeah, all right. Fair enough. All right, hey. Let's talk about something serious. 
<laughs> it's just because I'm I'm drilling you in, drilling you in, man. You just want to escape. Yep. <laughs> okay, so getting back into what we were talking about before, uh, COVID nineteen swept across the world very fast. Um, kind of was pretty distant off when we um talked about it. There was only I think four, five, six cases in New Zealand at the time. Very small. Yeah, and then like a week later. <laughs> we're currently sitting over 100 now i think <laughs> yeah yeah looking to i think double every three days or something like that is what the current rate of infection is going right now yeah that's um, what cindy was saying yeah yeah so we yeah it's it's gone it's gone really haywire here in new zealand at least um we don't have the largest amount of cases in the world uh, out of all different countries in the world, which is great. However, we do have um, a situation now where our government is establishing a level four restriction on public activity coming into effect today, the day that you are um, listening to this podcast. And basically what that means is that all non-essential businesses and public places are closed. People are encouraged to go home, penalized if they are out in public for too long, which I don't know exactly how that's going to work, but... Uh, yeah. Basically, yeah. it's we're all on isolation unless yeah. you are an essential business. And I'm going to say, some of the businesses that have made their way into essential are very... <laughs> like dominoes of apparently going to be still delivering pizza during this time so i don't know how essential essential anyway but that's what i heard on the radio so maybe that's not true but we'll find out but yeah <laughs> anyway yeah. um so yeah so it's it's a pretty interesting time for us now we pretty much have to stay in our homes because we're not essential yeah yeah and it's it's changed so much of um how we are doing church like i remember uh, two weekends ago, when we first released our episode on COVID-19, we were just doing church as per usual. I remember preaching that Sabbath. I was not preaching at my local church. I was preaching at a, a neighboring church and it was like half full, like a third full. You know, it was everybody was just not there and kind of staying home. Mm. But people were still going to church by and by. People were at my local church. They did a big youth service and there was a bunch of people there and... Uh, but then a week later, uh, I remember Josh and I, you and I had this funny conversation where we did. We, the uh, Australian churches, um, basically uh, the SDA church in Australia decided to close all Australian churches until I believe uh, end of April or beginning of May or something like that. And we were just joking around and I made the prediction that we're probably going to get the same treatment in a few days. And, and what did you say to that? Oh, you said no. So it was you said you reckon by this so at the time this Sabbath will um will be shut down. Won't be able to have church. And I reckon. Yep. And I was like, oh, I think you're close. But I think next week is what I said. I think well, yeah. this week will go ahead, but next week will be shut down. But honestly, things have moved so quickly. It seems that every day there is something, some new restriction or some new development to just change the situation completely. So we went within a week of um saying hey just be careful wash your hands go about your business like usual but don't be too insane we've gone uh from that to everybody stay home uh lock your doors hide your children hide your wife uh <laughs> covid 19 is yes. coming for you <laughs> <laughs> yeah like so i mean jesse was right in the end we did get shut down then but back then that weekend, we could still go to the church and do a live stream. The gathering was only restricted to... Yeah. It had to be less than 100 10? people. 100. Okay. Now yeah. it... Well, then so, it got changed to 10, and then I'm pretty sure under article or uh, level four, it's just your family or, or like yeah. five. Yeah. So now we can't have any... So now I can't even... I mean, I can go to the church by... Well, I might not even be able to go to my church by myself. I don't know, but we'll see. But anyway... um, because they don't want you to even travel too much. And my yeah. church is half an hour away. So I don't know what the limitations... We're still working all that out. But anyway. Um, so yeah, now we can't even go to the church and host a live stream. So it's gone sort of past Australia now where, they, where they're where they at. Because yeah. they can still go to their churches and do live stream events. At the time of the recording, might be the same by this weekend. Who knows? Yeah, who knows? Yeah, no, it's crazy. 
Um, yeah, so look, the world is definitely changing a lot more rapidly. We're feeling it more now in New Zealand because of the rapid changes that our government has made. Things and things I'd say are probably worse in Australia, though they haven't done a full um, country crackdown like they have here. And uh, I know that in certain uh, states of the United States, uh, things are looking a little bit different as well. I think in the US, it's more of a, a state by state, perhaps county by county basis on um, what you can and you can't do. But I know everybody's feeling it a lot more. I mean, we saw just in the last week or two, I think maybe two weeks ago was when Italy closed their borders and they've been locked down now for a week and a half, two weeks at this point. Um so yeah things are things are looking really really weird right now and honestly it's just been i've never i've never experienced anything like this it's just been bizarre hey yeah and it's funny like people i've seen like little jokes around people like oh i guess pastors don't really have anything to do now you know because you can't see anyone i i am busier than i have been the entire time I've been employed. This is literally the busiest season I've ever had in my life. You know, I've yeah. been in so many phone calls and meetings and like going to be writing statements and like, oh, I, yeah. yeah, honestly, it's crazy for me. What about you? Do you reckon you're busier than ever right now or do you reckon you're about the same or less? Um, I think, I think I'm a, I think I'm about the same, but I think that's due to the fact that I have a smaller church than you do and because my role is small church and chaplain uh as well as like youth leader i think that that role is probably not as intensive as what you have right now because basically half of my role aka chaplain is effectively shut down as of tomorrow um right so i can't really do anything chaplaincy wise apart from just support the teachers uh wherever they are at work or at, at home hopefully they're at home um, but I don't know exactly how that's going to work at this stage because we don't really know what the government is wanting for every school at this point in time. Yeah. Uh, but I will say that I am much more busy than I have been uh, on the social media front. Um, oh yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of been a it's kind of been a uh, guilty sort of kick up the butt thing for me in a way because my church doesn't have a proper social media manager so that person is just me um and so with that uh i have been i created an instagram account for my church and i've been scheduling posts and i've been responding to messages and we just did our first live stream on on saturday and like you've been doing all the same thing sort of thing um so that's been kind of mental and it's really made me have to shift my focus uh, on where uh, to spend my ministry and my work energy. Um, I mean, like a week ago, even three days ago, we were talking about doing house churches. And so I was gearing up to lead group leaders to do house churches. And so I was gathering everybody's information and phone numbers. And then I, I like just yesterday realized that, well, that's all that's all pointless. Throw it in the bin because it's not going to work anymore. <laughs> yeah. I mean, mind you, when when so we're on these level four restrictions, we're on like this for four weeks at this stage. It could go longer. They've said it could, you know, if people don't follow the rules or whatever and the cases continue to grow, then they'll extend it. But as they scale it back, like once we, if we go back to level three or level two, then house churches would be the way to go. Like Definitely. my church won't be able to meet until we're off the restriction list completely, basically. Yeah. Yeah. So we have to wait till we're right off, which could be it could be heaps long. We have no idea. Yeah. But I'm looking forward to when we can at least meet together again. You know what I mean? <laughs> like even just having a small group going yeah. to a live stream rather than just chilling in our houses, it's totally different. It's only been one day. <laughs> I'm already like this is this is such an extrovert thing. I'm like ah help, <laughs> get me yeah. out. I think yeah. I think people are going to be so stoked when we can finally meet back together again. I think people are going to like it's happened so fast that I don't think people have really quite come to terms with what it means that we're not going to be able to meet together at all. Um, I'm glad that here in New Zealand, not that I'm aware, we don't have any churches that are basically defying the government restrictions, but I know in the U S there are a number of churches that I've seen um, quite 
arrogantly arrogantly um, meeting together with hundreds, sometimes thousands of people, um, yeah. touching, healing, praying, all that sort of stuff. It's pretty nuts. We, well, I don't think we have any Adventist churches, but there are there is at least one church that has been here in New Zealand. Oh yes, yes, quite a big one. <laughs> oh, okay, all right. <laughs> Fair enough. Yes, and most New Zealanders... I mean, I don't want to name drop them, but if you're a New Zealander, just think, what's the big controversial church in New Zealand? That's the one. <laughs> okay, I haven't heard about you're, this. Without Yeah, without- no, they met together, just all... Everything was normal this last oh, Sunday. Okay. With Yeah. Okay, fair enough. Did they make any statements, like, about the whole thing, or...? No, I don't think so. They just, oh, did, okay. they just did their thing. Okay. So... Anyway, yeah, cool, so cool, we do cool, have cool. one, at least. I haven't heard of any others, but right. it's pretty crazy. I was talking to one of my um, friends who's pastor of, like, a big charismatic church, and I was like, man, like, what are you guys going to do now that you're, like, total house lockdown? Because before, they were doing these cool, like, live streams on their awesome stage with all their lighting yeah. and everything, so it yeah. still looked cool. I'm like, you guys can't even do that anymore. They're pre-recording, like, four services in one day. (laughs) (laughs) That's cool. That's cool. And they're just, yeah, pumping them out. And I'm like, wow, that is hectic. With, like, the full... I wish we did that, but, like, I mean, you have to have staff to do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. With, like, the full worship set and everything like that? Yeah. Yeah. That's that's nuts, though, man. Good on them. Yeah, yeah. Good on them. Um, So, it's it's a pretty interesting season, I think, for all churches, not just Adventist churches. But totally. all of us, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah, you know, it's gonna, I think it's going to hit churches a lot harder that are a lot more program heavy. Like the church that you were talking about, the charismatic church, everything that they do is based around their gatherings. Like they have small groups and stuff like that. But really yeah. where they're, everything really is focused on that Sunday morning, you know, Sunday evening, whatever experience. Like that's what they're all pumping for because that's when they all get together and it's like the hype machine and Holy Spirit and like that's what they live for sort of thing. And not to have that anymore, it kind of makes you think, well, if that if you don't have that, what 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 else do you have sort of thing? It's a really interesting philosophical question, not just for charismatic churches, but for a lot of churches. Yeah, I mean, we do put a lot of emphasis on the Saturday or I guess Sunday morning event, you know, um, that that's that's the moment. Mm. And Adventist churches are definitely guilty of it too. Every church is, I think, to a degree. To to a lot of people, to keep Sabbath and go to church on Saturday, they're the same, same, you know what I mean? Like, that's what it means to keep Sabbath. Like, they wouldn't say it, but if they don't go to church on Sabbath, it's like they feel like they're breaking the Sabbath. Uh, sure. And so it's become like their identity as a Seventh-day Adventist becomes entwined with attending this event. Now, quick disclaimer. I'm not I'm not saying... Like, I think a church event is awesome and I think it's something we should value and I think should put effort into and I think you do grow from when you... Like, I think, it, I think attendance to it is important, but it's not entwined with my Christian experience, if that makes sense. Well, it, it shouldn't be, certainly. Yeah, um, in a way. A lot. I mean, I guess it is. I don't know. Okay. Well, well, I think we could very. <laughs> no, no, no. We can, we can, we can make this easy. I mean, so let's separate. One of the one of the verses that we often use is that verse in Hebrews where it's you know, do not forsake the gathering together of yourselves for encouragement, for building up, etc. Yeah. But I believe that that verse should be used to uh, reinforce the importance of community without even a mention of program or structure or institution. So yeah. in that sense, the important part, so if we separate it out, the important part is not the building, the program, the order of events, but rather is the interaction and mutual fellowship of followers of Jesus getting together to encourage each other, whatever that yeah. may look like. Yeah, nice. Well said, Jesse. This is why you're the well said guy. You uh, say things and I say, that's very well said. I couldn't have said it better myself. <laughs> okay. That's how this yep. podcast works. <laughs> no, no. Well, no, that's, it's, it's just, I think, I think what you said before was, is very true is that we get wrapped up in, and we, um, what's the word when you conflate the program with the community aspect, you know, and um, it gets to a point for some people where we just do things because we do it out of religious habit 
rather than of uh, wanting to gain or contribute something uh, intentionally. So yeah, yeah, I think I think it's just uh, look, humans are, are, are creatures of habit, are we not? You know, so I think it's just part of human nature in a way. Yeah, and I guess I mean that's sort of what we're really looking at is I mean we had this idea of what a normal church experience looks like but now we're sitting here wrestling I'm like well is this the is this the new normal is this yeah. the new thing is this what God was trying to push for for a while and now a virus has been the thing that's I'm not saying God caused the virus I'm just saying maybe God's <laughs> leveraging it you know <laughs> I don't know yeah. Use it, like making good come out of a bad situation yeah because for me I've been like pushing for digital more yeah i guess more of a digital community with church for ages and this has been finally the thing that's pushed everybody to be like oh actually yeah it's a good idea we should do this you know like mm. oh okay like i've been saying this for like the last two years you know but <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah no i think that's that's definitely something which hopefully is going to come out good of this situation um you know, we were just talking about this a few weeks ago, like when we first started to get serious about getting back into digital because we sensed where this was going, you know, and we both said that we hope that this isn't just something that we do for a season, um, but rather something that actually becomes part of our norm. Uh, look, we're, I'll, I'll use Mosaic as an example. My church is a church of like 40, 50 people. We're a small church. When we did our live stream on Saturday morning, we reached about 1,200 people you know on wow. that live stream 1200 pe- people yes 1200 people um 800 900 views 1200 like 900 to a thousand uh interactions and 1200 people reached that's all organic reach that's we didn't boost anything we didn't promote that's amazing it. it's ridiculous it was far bigger than anything that we could have imagined you know, and we saw people tuning in from Australia. We saw people tuning in from the United States. Uh, it was it was crazy. Um, and as I said, we're a small church, and our production values probably the lowest out of any live stream you could have watched that same morning. Like it was basic wow. as you know, we just had a um, like a little Mevo camera in my lounge room, literally with two guitars and a piano and a box drum. And, um, I mean, it's going to be even more basic come this next weekend, but, um, that's, that's just a small picture of what a tiny church has been able to do and the amount of people that it's been able to reach just through something as simple as a, a live stream, not complicated in the least. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I mean, we were, I mean, we were impressed with our numbers and we, we had, I think 250 in total on YouTube. Um, which is cool because on YouTube you don't have that same sharing function and a lot of those you think like well that's a household watching like people sent us photos of them in small groups watching and I'm like oh well that's worth at least four or five views you know really because that's like four or five people who would normally be watching it by themselves so it's I don't know I think yeah it was kind of amazing and I think I had you know a couple of people message like wow that's actually a lot that's more than what we'd get on the average church service I'm like yeah it's it's nothing really like you know yeah, yeah. the size of the internet it's not even and to hear you guys getting those sort of numbers not that it's all about the numbers but no, it's still no. incredible fruit of the whole thing Absolutely. to like have realize your extended church community yeah yeah and that's the thing like one of the things that i've been pushing for at mosaic is the fact that digital reach is essentially endless and limitless um versus uh physical reach like as far as churches are concerned, my church is positioned probably the most, one of the most poorly ways that you could ever be positioned as a church. We are not allowed to put signage at the front of our church. We do not have a church building. We are not in a place with a lot of uh, public foot traffic. Uh, We are there for a Friday night through Saturday afternoon. That is literally all the time that we are allowed. We do not have a weekly presence. So we're positioned really poorly as a church to be able to attract natural growth. There's always invites. Invites are neutral, no matter what your situation is. But as far as being positioned in, uh, you know, property-wise, signage, 
marketing, all that sort of stuff. All we have really is invitations and online. And if we can do more online than we can in person, I would still consider that a ministry win, honestly. Because it's not like those yeah. people on Facebook are not people. They're still people. <laughs> yeah. Even if they're people in like Florida, they're people. <laughs> Even Florida people. Even Florida, people. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And that's that's the thing. I mean, I saw... I was kind of let down. I mean, in some of the group chats and the, the groups and stuff that I'm in on Facebook. And this is exactly the reason why I don't go on Facebook as much anymore. But... <laughs> So many people ragging on churches that are doing live stream, you know, in this sort of time. They're like, oh, all you're doing is entertaining people, is what they say. And, okay, I can see, like, there is a side of truth to that. But, I mean, like, now we're in a stage where we have to do total self-isolation. We can't do house church now because this person in particular was advocating that you should do house churches and not worry about live stream. House churches are great. Don't have a problem with house churches. But now we're in a problem when in a situation where we can't even do that. So if we didn't put that infrastructure in place before, then right now, church be impossible. You, like what could you yeah. do if you couldn't do online church and no one can leave the house, right? You know? Yeah. You would literally <laughs> so for have me, nothing. Yeah, and this has like enabled us to pretty much still function in so many ways. Like we have like I just had a board meeting before and it was all just on Zoom for the first time and everyone was like, Oh, this is really easy. We could do this every time. I'm like, Yeah, we could. It's really easy. You know? <laughs> I literally and had a board meeting last night on Zoom as well. So there you go. Yeah, we li- yeah, we finished we finished our board meeting an hour early. Usually our board <laughs> meetings are like two hours. We did it within an hour. It was it was sick. Yeah, same. Um, yeah, and uh, we're about to roll out with our church. Um, a bit of behind the scenes. Uh, we're about Ooh. to roll out Zoom small groups. Yep. You know. Yep. For us and Sweet. Zoom Sabbath schools, if people still want to do a Sabbath school, like, and it's a free program, so the limit has to be forty-five minutes because <laughs> yeah. we're not doing a paid one at the moment. Yeah. Um, unless we see fruits of it, I guess. But you know, like, at, at the time restrictions there, but at least you can all see each other. And, yeah. you know, it's it's pretty easy. Like, even with our live stream church service, it was really easy for people to invite others to church who wouldn't normally come. So, yeah. like, they were just sharing the link out. I'm like, hey, our church is going live. How funny is this? And yeah. people watched it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Whereas no. if you were like, hey, our pastor's stupid. Why don't you come on Saturday and look at him? You know? <laughs> I don't know. Like, how hard is that? It's a hard Throw sell. virtual tomatoes. <laughs> yeah. I think... I don't know. I, it's, just, it's been an enabler, I think. It's been really yeah. cool. I think the whole idea that a live stream is just a entertainment device i think that's a tired and worn out argument i mean look you and i have talked about this before like when we talked about the music episode when we talked about contemporary music versus traditional music like i just think it's a it's a tired it's a worn out argument and i just don't think it holds water anymore if we were living in an era where the only source of media that you could find on the internet was entertainment media purely entertainment media then maybe you could make that, you know, jump. But the fact that we live in an era now where people communicate, they share messages, they share information, they have discussions, spiritual information, like that just, it just doesn't hold water anymore. Like just saying that one thing is entertainment purely because you personally equate it that way, it just... It's just not true. Like, it's just categorically untrue. (laughs) Oh, absolutely. Yes. And so, yeah, I don't know. That's that's the thing for for us. I'm already sensing that there will be things from this that will just become the new normal. We might never go back to physical board meetings. We might always do them on Zoom. Who knows? You know, there might be whole new groups that are formed out of this that are just Zoom small groups. And I guarantee that person that said... Um, boohoo live streams are terrible eventually because of social isolation will be forced to engage in some form of community online there's no way around that they'll be forced yeah. unless they just don't <laughs> want to do church at all or in which case they can sit at home and just not talk to people at all and that's their choice but yeah i i literally can't think of an alternative <laughs> <laughs> unless you want to send like snail mail to people but even then like I, there's no guarantees even th- with the mail in the f- for next coming weeks so, yeah <laughs> i don't know it's, man yeah it's kind of wacky so i i guess 
yeah, like, and maybe out of this whole thing, like, entirely digital churches will be born. You know what I mean? Right. That's yeah something I'm interested in. Yeah. Like, 100%. my church might be like, you know what? We like this. We just, we're always going to stay home and watch, you know, and just do it in a small group. <laughs> I mean, who says... Our church might shrink physically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I mean, like, I think that if a church, like, if that's if that's what happens, I would consider that a church plant. And if... If the research is anything to go by, if you are planning a church out of a pre-existing church, then the pre-existing church will always grow to match what it was sometimes or greater. So if that's the Mm. case, then, you know, who says that we have to continue just doing church the way that it's always been done? Um, Yeah, I've been talking to my leadership team and uh, some of my ministry leaders about some of the possibilities for our church moving forward. And, you know, I'm, I can't really share anything right now, but yeah. like we've been seriously talking about some of the things that we could do because we've recognized that our situation as it stands, uh, it's not great. And everybody knows that we're in a poorly positioned um, area, as I was talking about before, to actually like physically grow. So maybe we need to start looking at some other things. If what we saw on Saturday was, could be considered a win and I do consider it a huge win what happens if we continue to build on that because quite frankly it's disheartening doing something over and over again when you are continually losing in that area and that's sometimes how I feel in local church ministry is you're trying to do stuff over and over again and it's just not working and you just don't know why so you just keep doing the same thing over and over again hoping that one day it will yeah. work <laughs> oh, so true so true <laughs> And yeah, so people are, they just have this vision in their head of what church should be. Do you know what I mean? It's like, and it's yeah. what church, what a good church looked like 20 years ago. Like, oh, it should look like that now. That's what we need to work towards. And it's oh, like, yeah. well, you know, maybe, but maybe there's something new. Yeah. 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 Well, it was funny. When I first got to, to my local church, everybody that I talked to, who I like asked them about what would your ideal church be it would simply like just more people more money more this more that just do more stuff but i've kind of come to realize over the years that there are certain churches well maybe you know look more people and more money probably is a net benefit i think that there is probably a net benefit to more resources and more manpower definitely but i don't think that it is a one size fits all silver bullet to cure all your church problems i in some cases it makes your problems bigger and more complicated and more difficult to overcome so maybe the answer is not um maybe the answer is not physical growth maybe the answer is digital growth maybe we need to start looking at ways to grow our ministries digitally um because at the end of the day people are still people whether they live in the town where your church operates or whether they live halfway across the world i don't know my mind's in florida. just in florida mm. even if your church is full of florida man florida men <laughs> florida men and florida women and children yep. <laughs> not just the florida men but the florida women and children too <laughs> <laughs> that is such a great meme okay only I'm like two percent of people really quite understood that <laughs> yeah i know there's a there's a demographic out there who've watched the star wars prequels they're like i'm so glad i listened to this podcast and another Please. demographic were like i don't know why i listened to this podcast they keep saying things i don't understand but okay <laughs> So we got like what ten minutes left or something. Um, sure, whatever. Man. Let's just have a quick chat about um, what does. We're just going to shift gears a little bit. What does faith look like in isolation? Like, mm. I, I'm just thinking practically, right? There's probably a bunch of people here listening who, whether in New Zealand or in Australia or America or whatever you're, or maybe there's some listening in Italy. They've got some spare time now, so um, <laughs> you know, just like we do in New Zealand. So, what what does it look like? to like how do you grow your faith because we spend so much time in this podcast talking about how faith is all about community mm. um and you're doing yeah. and i still agree with that like christianity is always meant to be lived out in community never in isolation but now we have to live in isolation <laughs> so it's like okay so we just have to rule it out and say okay so what what does faith look like now in isolation how can people grow best yeah when they can't you know go physically be with others yeah um i would say 
strategies and practical yeah there's one there's one thing i would say so when i was growing up and i got my first mobile phone my first cell phone i remember my parents kind of treating it with a little bit of chagrin uh, similar to the way they responded when I got my first laptop or my first desktop computer or whatever because I would go on my device and I would be playing games or I would be communicating with people um, and do you remember do you remember old MSN Messenger um, absolutely nudging people left right and center I, I would have my um, screen open and there would be like five six conversations all going at the same time you know, I'd be talking away to like three people and then, you know, another three people would be like away from their computers, but then they would come back and then you would kind of... So I was always present in my device, in the virtual world. And my parents, who did not grow up digitally, somewhat um, looked at it with a bit of disdain because I was, quote unquote, not experiencing life as life was meant to be experienced. I was just sitting behind a computer screen but to me, I was present. I was just present with my mm. friends and people living far away. So I didn't really quite have words to describe why I felt it was okay and why they were wrong. All I had to go off was my parents' wisdom. And so because I was a kid, I would just default to their wisdom going, okay, I guess I shouldn't be so quote unquote addicted. And of course, internet yeah. addiction and video game addiction is a thing. But as I have grown older... I've come to realize that we are always present. It's just a matter of where we're present. Yeah. So we can be present like you and I right now. I'm present. I'm not on my phone. I'm not reading a book. I'm not driving my car. I'm sitting here at my desk, headphones in, microphone switched on, speaking to you through a webcam all the way, you know, 300 kilometers away in New Zealand. And I'm present. I'm fully engaged. And you're fully engaged with what I'm doing. If somebody else was in the background and was walking around and was demanding my attention, I would be indignant of that because I'm present here. But if that person felt that my presence and my attention was more accurately and properly meant to be directed towards them, then they would consider me as being detached or addicted or sucked into this device. Mm. And so what I've come to realize in this whole social isolation thing is that we are still, with technology, we have the opportunity to still be present with each other. We just have to make that effort. We have to be assertive and we have to be intentional about being present with somebody else. I, I, I went to a birthday party on Saturday night. It was probably the last party that I'll go to for a while. I was there. I was with you know, 15, 10, 15 other people. But I wasn't present the whole time because I had my phone and there were two or three conversations going on at the same time. And so I could choose where I was going to be present with people. Now, because I don't have people around me, I have to choose being present. I have to choose presence the same way that we have to choose presence with God. Um, he's not going to force himself on us, but we have to actually be intentional about choosing presence with him in the mm. same way, I think we have to start choosing presence with each other rather than just putting ourselves in social situations and then expecting presence to happen. Um, yep. That might be a little bit deep and it might be a little bit over some people's heads. I don't know. But that's just what I'm, I'm thinking. It's, I guess the big word is intentionality and being intentional with being present and, and allowing our presence to be um, directed rather than just allowing it to happen, which is what we do most of the time. We just kind of drift and we just drift in and out of presence with people. Yeah. No, I, yeah, I would agree 100%. And I think what, I was, what I'm thinking, I reckon runs very much along the same lines of what you're saying. Like my big, my big word is you have to be, in this time especially, you have to proactively be a part of the church right now. Yep. You can't just let church... Like, it's not just rocking up and attending. It's being proactively remaining a part of the church. Prioritize things like... You know, don't just... I mean, yeah, okay. Depending on the level that you're at with people, but prioritize calling, like FaceTiming, like, you know, like a video chat, like what we're doing. Prioritize something like that during this time. 
with with church people and make it a specifically like bring spirituality into your conversations um have like some questions that you're like seeking to ask people or if you can't do that go for a phone call i know no one, i know millennials are like ah oh, yeah a phone call or whatever but that's <laughs> it's so much it's so much more contact and so much more meaningful than just a than just a text sure there's a, like a wide net of people that you can text message email whatever but proactively seek to like lift some people up to the level of call or like face facetime you know what i mean like yeah. it's this is the time when you have to proactively say, okay, I am a part of this church and through this, I will remain a part of this church. Mm-hmm. Um, because it's, it could be really easy to drift through this season, come back the other side and just start attending church again and be like, man, what, like, I don't feel like I was in a church that whole time. Mm-hmm. Whereas if you're proactive about it, you really can be. You can. This can be the most meaningful time in your church's life ever if you proactively seek to to be a part of it and be the church during this time. Yeah. Yeah. Um, no, that's what I keep saying. That's what we keep having discussions around with Mosaic is that even though we are offline or we, even though we are not, you know, in our physical location, that doesn't mean yeah. that we get to stop being church and we don't get to stop being connected because we can be, you know, if we were living, I don't know, through a drought or through a hurricane or through a mass power outage you know we might be looking at things a little bit differently right now but even though we are in social isolation technology is still there the internet is still working the phone lines are still working the power is still running so we can do this we can totally and i mean again uh, this is something if your church is doing a live stream or whatever or like a, a church is doing a live stream and you're choosing to tune in like don't like i don't know even be proactive with that put it on the biggest screen you have in your house yeah. like take notes uh, sing with the songs like hold the screen you know scream down the preacher all that sort of stuff like be <laughs> you know be more be more so than oh, you are sure. in your regular church like i don't know yeah. that's that's what i'm thinking like you can make this a really amazing experience yeah yeah absolutely absolutely <laughs> yeah so look i don't know how much more can we say on this i don't I feel like I feel like I'm kind of sick of talking about this whole thing right now. Though I am excited for the implications, and I mean that's what we've been spending this entire time talking about, um, rather than yeah. the coronavirus itself. I don't know. I wonder if there are going to be more digital churches as a result of this, or I wonder if by the time we finish this, it's just going to be back to good old alex dion wilson insta church live <laughs> he's been doing yeah. it this whole time people i we've been telling you you gotta you gotta tune into insta church live he is the man when it comes to uh instagram church but yeah i'm excited to see if there is going to be any more ground broken on this particular front um yeah 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 i it's exciting times i'm i'm excited more than anything um and I think we all should be in a way oh, yeah okay precautionary all that sort of stuff but you don't have to be scared be excited about how God's going to use this yeah that's a big thing um, yeah okay I'm sick of talking about this as well let's let's do the <laughs> sign off let's get out of here let's skedaddle so I, I do let's, let's talk a little bit more because I think unless stuff happens in the near future that completely like I feel like we're getting to the point of really like this is serious and deserves a discussion but I think if if stuff doesn't happen more, I don't think we're going to need to talk about this anymore on the podcast, apart from a general update and how things are going. Um, yeah. So in the next couple of weeks, we are going to be going back to our regularly, quote unquote, regularly scheduled content. Um, is there any regular content with us? I don't know. <laughs> I feel like especially this season, we have been extremely eclectic with the content that we've been putting out it's been yeah it's been strange it's been very strange but this has been a very strange year um yeah well wait till another four weeks when we've been locked in our house for four weeks straight then see how strange the content gets <laughs> you guys josh, are in for a wild ride jo- josh and i are gonna have like long beardy hair like you know <laughs> our hair's gonna be wild we're gonna be wearing nothing but sackcloth and you know we're just gonna be running around our living room with a stick yelling profanities or i don't know i don't know it's gonna yeah we'll see sounds like my normal sundays but anyway (laughs) 
<laughs> so next so <laughs> next week um we're hoping to to kick off a uh, a new sort of episode that is going to be completely different uh we're going to be digging into some more biblical stuff biblical theology yeah. stuff in the next couple of weeks which i'm really excited about because i love this stuff and i feel like it's been ages since we've talked about anything uh really biblical theology uh related so uh, it's been ages since we talked about anything biblical <laughs> <laughs> that's such a funny thing sorry two christian but, pastors yeah, you cut, we haven't a done like a podcast. bible yeah the last <laughs> thing we did was probably the three angels message and that was also sort of cultural oh gosh that's a long time ago that's like that's like six months ago now <laughs> yeah so i guess a sneak peek what we're looking at okay there's there's two i don't know which one uh, we'll just uh, what we're looking at doing next week is looking at the old testament and sort of wondering is there grace in the old testament is god different in the old testament than he is in the new testament uh is what we're going to dig into just from stuff we've been looking up so that's where we're going and then after that i think we've got another biblical thing but uh we'll see yeah i i think at least with the next couple weeks i'm really excited to dig in like really deep into some of this stuff like especially this grace in the old testament topic i think that it is really solid so i i'm like literally where i'm at i'm just like wanting to see where it takes us and if if it takes us one week if it takes us four weeks you know maybe this could be a great journey so i'm i'm just really excited to dig into this stuff again yeah so hey and remember the best thing for all things burn the haystack is of course burn the haystack.org so make sure you go and check it out it's a beautiful place to be absolutely and uh if this is your first time listening to burn the haystack uh welcome this is uh as you said as we said uh probably not the most uh, regular of episodes we've been in a weird place but if you uh, haven't already uh please subscribe uh you can check some of the um the backlog we have a hundred episodes before this one of uh of content ranging from interviews to theological discussions to cultural discussions and everything in between there's literally so many different things that we talk about it's impossible to list them all um so subscribe if you haven't already and uh if you have and you would like to help us out uh we would love it if you could give us a rating or a review on the podcatching app of your choice if your podcatching app does not allow you to leave a review just head over to itunes and leave us a review over there that'd be much appreciated absolutely because we love hearing from you Anyway, that is everything from us. We love you. Stay awesome. Stay healthy. Stay safe. All those good things. That is Josh and Jesse out. Thank <laughs> you.